for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it's up for Jim and the news. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there. Uh, Dancing Mike, he is not. But welcome to the Weird Science Comic News Podcast for the week of December 12th. And this happens to be episode 5. Also, it happens to be December 13th. I I don't have any idea what day it is. I I should know this. We do the reviews on Tuesday night. We do get early review copies of the DC stuff. And... All night, you'll be doing reviews and marking them as the 13th, which you should think then that I would think today is the 14th, but no, I am a big dummy, and I thought it was the 12th. I wrote that down, but uh, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jim. I am your host for tonight, and I do want to mention a couple things before we start. Number one, this will be the last podcast that I'll be doing this by myself. Uh, me and Ryan finally picked a day, and because of that, this is also going to be the last one that's going to come out on a uh, Wednesday night or a Thursday morning. From now on, the podcast will be released on Saturday mornings, I would say before noon on Saturday. Uh, it'll allow us to get the whole week of news, and plus it'll give you guys something to listen to on the weekend before what hopefully is your Sunday night of getting our regular podcast, the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. The other thing I want to announce is that when we do this, it's not going to start this Saturday, but it'll start next Saturday. So it'll continue the once a week. We're just kind of going to have, you know, a week and a half before the next one. Mainly, it's nothing to do with schedule. Well, it is scheduling. It's not anything to do with this podcast. It more has to do with the fact that the time that we're going to do it on the weekend, I believe that this weekend I will be going to see Star Wars with my youngest son, Logan, who made the honor roll, and he picked to go to see Star Wars. So we're probably going to do that this Saturday. I had already set up a time uh, with Ryan, unfortunately, that, that time is taken up now because I think we're going to go to a uh, early 9 o'clock show. Uh, so the next podcast of the Weird Science Comic News podcast will be Saturday, and I'm trying to see here, the 23rd. Now, the other thing is I've been putting this out on the regular feed. Uh, this will be the last show. I keep saying this, but I figure since Ryan is joining in, that's kind of a, a new uh, a rebirth if you will, uh, but it will go on our Patreon uh, account only. So if you want to keep listening to this podcast and listen to me and Ryan do it, uh, you'll have to go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience and subscribe. It's at the $5 level, which also gives you already the uh, double header Patreon spotlight each week, which is two DC books that me and Eric review that are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep. Boop. Here we go. Poop, poop. Poop, poop. 
Uh, we also, on that level, you'll get stuff like the Far Out Sports Nuts that I do with me and Brian. Poop, poop. Me and Brandon. I'm thinking of wrong turn. Yeah, I gave up his name. I'm not supposed to do that. But yes, uh, me and Brandon doing the Far Out Sports Nuts. You'll also get the early access to the new 52 Review podcast. Poop, poop. See, these all get poop poops. And a bunch of other things. Who knows what else? What tales we would tell and do, as Eric Shea would say. But I'm going to start off this final solo episode with some DC news. Uh, starting off, Wonder Woman College Scholarship set up by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has established a new Wonder Woman College Scholarship with the inaugural recipient receiving it from Gal Gadot, or as she says it's pronounced, Gal Gadot. It is planned as a four-year full-ride scholarship. The scholarship was announced Wednesday during the Hollywood Reporter's 2017 Women in Entertainment Breakfast at Los Angeles' Milk Studios by Gadot. Uh, I don't, did you know there is another person that you may know that had a full-ride four-year scholarship? You may know him. I don't because I had to pay every cent when I went to college. WVU took all my money. But that's a different story. I I don't think that I ever would have been up for the Wonder Woman College Scholarship. Now, you have Gadot say, I've had the privilege of portraying a superhero on screen, but the young woman here, or young women here today, are the real superheroes, Gadot said. And if you think that I'm pronouncing that wrong by saying Gadot, go, go online and check it out because it shocked the hell out of me. And that's really how you pronounce it. There is a good uh, clip of her telling Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, how to pronounce it, Uh, though I think that it's pretty cool. She just goes with whatever you say. Obviously, most people say Gal Gadot. Now I can't even say it, Gal Gadot. Uh, But no, that's not it. Uh, They've overcome so many challenges in their lives, and they're driven to do more. They're the true leaders of tomorrow. The scholarship was awarded to a student named Carla Arellano, who is attending Loyola Marymount University. Now, this is interesting because if you don't remember, uh, they had woman, woman, they had Wonder Woman become the UN spokesperson, kind of the, the woman spokesperson for the UN. And, and that was pretty much shut down, uh, by groups that said that Wonder Woman was no way uh, supposed to represent all women around the world. And I, I thought it was nonsense. Wonder Woman, of course, is not a real woman. It's also, she's such a great symbol of, you know, women with strength and, you know, compassion and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I was really upset when the UN kind of shot that down and whatever that was. So this is, uh, this is good. And I'm glad that they do this, uh, stuff like that because it also, you know, it, it always helps to have the Wonder Woman name out there. And really, if you're going to go with a character to me, you know, everybody goes Superman, Batman, but Wonder Woman is pretty much, you know, the epitome of a hero to me. Uh, the next story is Brian Michael Bendis blinded by MRSA infection for days, now recovering after quote unquote worst week of my life. Famed Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man writer Brian Michael Bendis just dropped some dramatic news on Twitter. He's recovering from a serious MRSA infection, which puts him in intensive care for days and temporarily blinded him. And uh, the the meth I'm going to try to say it methicillin resistant Staphylococcus aureus aureus MRSA is a bacteria that is resistant to many antibiotics. Orbital infections caused by MRSA are a rising menace of in the ocular field according to the National Institute of Health. 
Orbital salitis, or sal- I don't, I can't pronounce anything, which can result from MRSA, can be potentially sight and life threatening. Uh, and his tweet was, so one week ago, I woke up in intensive care because of a surprise MRSA infection that grabbed and blinded me for four days. This was the worst week of my life. I almost died on Monday. It'll take months to recover. I wasn't even going to share this. It was so bad. Now, he went on. A lot of people jumped to it and, and went to visit him. Uh, I believe it might have been uh, – I forget who it was. Somebody that was a friend of his went and told him fart jokes uh, while he was recovering, said that that really got it. And he also said that the outpouring uh, of love that he got was just awe-inspiring to him. And, and really anything that you – and I'm talking to you, Brandon. You hear me, Brandon? I'm telling you, you know, you may not like the guy's writing, but he does come off as a very nice guy, uh, to me, a very grounded guy as well. And he really was taken aback by all the support. Now, in the meantime, there's two things with this. Number one, he kind of announced that because of this, it's setting back whatever work he was starting at DC. It set him back a little. The other thing is, unfortunately, I think it was today or yesterday, he's back in the hospital. He had another inf- another flare-up, an infectious flare-up. So he was back in the hospital, which probably only puts things back even more. And he did say that DC's being very good about, you know, his scheduling and, and getting back to things on his own pace and things like that. But I do think that whatever he was going to do, I-, I believe he'd probably be in numerous things with DC are kind of going to be put back. Now, uh, just as a mumbo-jimbo, I-, I don't have the sound effects, but... I think that if you want to be your own mumbo jimbos, uh, keep an eye on the next couple months of solicits, which would be Mar. I guess it would be April, uh, if I'm not mistaken, April and May. Uh, when those come out, if we get a really weird, uh, you know, writing change coming up, I'm saying like a JLA or something like that, like something you wouldn't have expected. I think that you could probably say like, okay. Uh, something with that. Say there's two books that have creative team changes. They may be one of those or both, maybe something that Brian Michael Bendis was going to step up and, and take over, but can't right away. So somebody else has to fill in. And, and if you're going to have a fill in, I would guess that it would be one of those guys like, uh, you know, a Steve Orlando. Now he's already on JLA, but a Steve Orlando, a Joshua Williamson, somebody who is uh, you know, a exclusive DC guy who's going to jump in and take care of a book for, say, four issues before Brian Michael Bendis can get to his arc. Uh, I do think that if he was going to start a book fresh, say he was going to start a JSA or he was going to do something like that, that obviously I think that they will just wait for him to be healthy. But I do, if I was a betting man, which I'm not because I'm too cheap, I would think that Brian Michael Bendis would be starting a new series but also taking over one or two. This guy writes a lot. So uh, it would not shock me if down the line he is on a a once a month book, a twice monthly, and then a new series. So we'll see how that goes. But that's about it for my DC news uh, this week because I'm going to move on to Marvel news. And the first one is artist changes for Infinity Countdown, Venom, Deadpool, Old Man Logan in February. Four of Marvel Comics' February 2018 issues are changing artists, as announced uh, by the company's weekly retailer newsletter. Venom number 161 will now be drawn by Secret Warriors Javier Garon, taking over from the previously solicited Tyg Walker. Frequent despicable Deadpool artist Scott Koblenz has been drafted to draw number 294, replacing the originally planned Matteo Loli. 
it's weird saying these names because I'm so used to doing the DC stuff that those names, even if we mess them up, at least I say them all the time. Uh, these these are throwing me off. Old Man Logan will continue to have artist changes in February with Matteo Bufagni stepping aside from number 35 for Ibrium Roberson Mendez. Lastly, Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock number one will now be drawn by Mike Allred. Aaron Cooter was originally solicited for this issue, but this decision would line up with Gary Dugan's inference that this story was the original plan for Guardians of the Galaxy number 151, which I did talk about last week, which has now been canceled already was solicited for that issue and moving on we have dr strange damnation shortened three weeks after marvel's announcement of dr strange damnation the publisher has decided to shorten the miniseries from five issues to four the decision was announced in the company's weekly retailer newsletter again the series picks up the unsettled secret empire fallout of las vegas total destruction with the sorcerer supreme using his magic to bring the city back All right. The next one is Jean Grey title ends in January. The Jean Grey title is ending with January's number 11 as confirmed in the back matter to this week's number 10. Back in October, series writer Dennis Hopeless told Newsarama about a big moment coming for the series. Jean's worst nightmares are coming. Ghost Jean went from whispering in her ear to screaming in her face, but the message is clear. The phoenix is cresting the hill, Brisson said. Time is running short put up or burn up and while nobody's going to spoil the contents of this week's penultimate Jean Grey number 10 and I did get a note from Trevitt and he was talking about a lot of comics he did not mention Jean Grey though so I'll have to see what he thinks of that this cancellation comes as the adult Jean Grey returns in Phoenix Resurrection with a plan to lead a new X-Men team in February's X-Men Red, And I'm going to move on now to some other company stuff. And the first one is a benefit comic. And it's Puerto Rico's strong benefit comic book coming from Lion Forge. Just over two months since Hurricane Maria plowed through Puerto Rico with a destructive force that left island residents desperate for survival or forced to flee to the U.S. mainland, the island is still struggling to rebound. Today, the St. Louis publisher announces their commitment to relief efforts with the publication of Puerto Rico Strong, a comics anthology from some of today's top talent. Now, this is the Lion Forge Company. The way I edited it. Oh, I did say that in the beginning. I'm sorry. Puerto Rico Strong is a comic anthology that explores what it means to be Puerto Rican and the diversity that exists within that concept from today's most exciting Puerto Rican comic uh, comic creators. All profits will go towards disaster relief and recovery programs to support Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico Strong is co-edited by Lion Forge's own Desiree Rodriguez alongside Marco Lopez, Neil Schwartz, and Derek Ruiz. When a particular area of the world is struggling, it is everyone's responsibility to find ways to help, says Lion Forge founder David Stewart. Uh, the second, why we at Lion Forge are always looking for ways to bolster diversity of content and creators, and we thought the best way to help the people of Puerto Rico would be to highlight some of the unique voices in our industry with a deep connection to Puerto Rican heritage. We are donating 100% of the book's profits to the ongoing relief efforts. All right, and this next story is sure to pique the interest of one seller dweller because it is a horror comic with a twist. Archie's Veronica goes vampire. Of course, this is not going to be a shock. This would be a shock if the Afterlife with Archie and all those other books wouldn't have come out. Obviously, this is kind of tagging along with that. So it's not like that announcement is going to, you know, wow or, or get anybody going. But if you did like the whole 
uh, Afterlife with Archie, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you would be looking forward to this as well as I am and The Cellar Dweller. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what The Cellar Dweller said later. Vampironica, a new Archie horror series, will take Riverdale's resident shopaholic Veronica Lange and turn her into one uh, bloodthirsty, a dead, a vampire. If that sounds like a stretch, though, again, with Afterlife with Archie, how could this sound like a stretch? Brother-sister creative team of co-writer artist Greg Smallwood and co-writer Megan Smallwood are ready to assure fans that the Veronica they know and love will be at the very core of Vampironica. Fans can rest assured that we'll be staying faithful to the core of these characters, Greg Smallwood told io9. It was very important to Megan and I that Vampironica be the same Veronica that we all know and love, only now with fans. Realistically, how would a narcissistic teenage shopaholic react to becoming a vampire? We found an equal amount of humor and horror in the answer to that question, but the story also takes us to some amazingly heartfelt places. Vampironica's horror chops are front and center for the Smallwoods, who Greg says grew up sharing horror movies and comic books. Megan and I grew up watching the same horror movies and reading the same scary stories, so it was incredibly easy for us to hone in on a particular tone, Greg continued. I'd say that our biggest influences are American Werewolf in London. Check. I should hit the things. That's I'm, I'm down with that, right? I'm sure everybody else is. And Fright Night. And I'm shy, I wish that Greg would have said the original. Both films can be quite horrific, but there's also a lot of strong characterization and humor to them. I think horror works best with a small dose of comedy for levity. So we've used the same formula on Vampironica. Vampironica number one is due out on the shelves March 14th, 2018. And I did see that they were already saying, like, listen, don't color Vampirella. And I thought to myself, well, why would they? It isn't Vampirella. It's Vampironica. Obviously, you're playing off Vampirella. So don't start getting your panties in a bunch because of that. Uh, I did tell that to Eric Shea slash The Cellar Dweller, and he got mad. And said, what, what are you talking about? They should go full out, you know, Vampirello with this and, and just laugh. But the next one is something he also laughed at. Dick Tracy returns to the comic book beat with a new 2018 ongoing series. Now, I would guess because when we put things up on the Patreon, like the, the uh, movie night we do each, we, uh, each month, I mean, and some other things like that, a lot of people don't even know. And I'm looking at you again, Swanee. He, he barely knows any movies from the 80s. So it's, I, I can only guess that he would never even have heard of Dick Tracy, though, you know, at one point, Dick Tracy was a huge franchise, you know, and then I'll go back to even the uh, movie that came out with Warren Beatty and Madonna. That to me is the most uh, recent, and that's a long time ago, but the recent big thing. Uh, with Dick Tracy, I, I was never a Dick Tracy fan. I always saw Dick Tracy in the you know the uh, Sunday comics, and it never interested me one bit, not one single bit. I saw the movie with Warren Beatty and Madonna in the theater. I didn't like that one bit either. But and it's weird because I usually do tend to go towards. Things like this, like older properties and things that I could even like. I love old time radio serials and things like that. Uh, not Dick Tracy. I don't know. I, I just never got into it. The long running comic strip hero, Dick Tracy, is returning to comic books with an all new original ongoing series from Archie Comics. Dick Tracy by writers Alex Segura and Michael Morikai, uh, along with or Morrissey. I never know how to pronounce things along with artist Thomas Patilli and colorist D. Kniffy. 
Kniff is scheduled to launch April 11th with a year one style debut. The first arc of the series is going to be going back to square one as we explore the very early days of Dick Tracy's time in the city soon after the Second World War, said Seguera, who is also Archie Comics co-president. While everyone is familiar <laughs> with the established, competent, and heroic Tracy, oh yeah, you think that, do you? We wanted to give readers a chance to see how all that came to be and how his rogues first reared their ugly mugs. We're going to have flat face or whatever. Dick Tracy has always been a character that stands shoulder to shoulder amongst the best. Superman, the Shadow, Conan the Barbarian, Spider-Man, you name it. It's funny that he doesn't mention Batman here, but still goes out on a limb, says Superman. And they, I mean... I know that the Shadow, recently we've had the Batman Shadow book. The Shadow isn't exactly, you know, on the tips of every young kid's, you know, tongue here. But even the Shadow, Dick Tracy? I should yell down to my kids right now and ask them if anybody... First off, I'd say, do you know who Dick Tracy is? And they'll hear Dick and start giggling. That's what it'll be. It'll be that 100%. So... I won't even say. If they were up here, I'd ask them. There's been so many great Dick Tracy stories. Over the past 75 years, and that's such a testament to his versatility, his amazing, unbeatable rogues gallery and what he represents. And he does have a pretty cool rogues gallery if you did get into it. But seriously, the time and the place uh, for Dick Tracy to me is long gone. So hopefully, hopefully they know what they're doing and they can pull it around, twist it, turn it and, and make it more relevant to the kids nowadays. Maybe Dick Tracy has an Instagram uh, account where he he does selfies. I don't even know. That's the thing. I'm talking about this. This is a 75-year-old hero that, that I don't even know what kids do nowadays. I know it's not Dick Tracy. Maybe Dick Picks. Dick Tracy. Yeah. I, and I'm not even that. I'm not mad about Dick Tracy. It's just so ridiculous. Dick Tracy has run as a comic strip almost daily since his debut in 1931. From creator Chester Gold. I want to know if anybody out there even knows anybody with the name Chester anymore. I mean, that's outdated. Of course, I've just uh, I've just insulted the three Dick Tracy fans and the five guys uh, named Chester. Original Dick Tracy comic books have been published intermittently since then from the likes of Dell Publishing, Harvey Comics, Blackthorn Publishing, and Disney Comics. The next deal. You know, yeah, good luck. I don't see... Dick Tracy going for a 150 issue run. I I just don't. Though I I'll even I'll make the I'll make a promise now that when Dick Tracy number one comes out, if I'm not dead, and if I do remember, my memory's going. Uh, if I do remember, I will review Dick Tracy number one and, and see how it is. Maybe even have a little mini emergency podcast for Dick Tracy number one. The next story is a Valiant story. Valiant Shadow Man returning in March. Valiant has announced plans to bring its Shadow Man back in the spotlight this March. The New York-based publisher sent out this teaser with the text, Don't Fear the Night, Shadow Man is Coming, March 2018. Shadow Man was originally created in 1992 by Jim Shooter, Steve Englehart, and Mike Manley, and has starred in several of his own titles as well as video games. And I actually played the Shadow Man video game without ever knowing that it was anything else but that video game. Earlier, it's like the the game The Darkness, which I really liked the first one, and I I played that 
no idea that it was a comic book. Earlier this year, the company announced that Reginald Hudlin was hired to direct a Shadow Man movie. In comic book Shadow Man last appeared on October 4th, Shadow Man Ray Remmerd one shot, a previous Shadow Man ongoing run for 16 issues from 2012 to 2014. And now I'm going to move on to entertainment news, hopefully with names I can pronounce. Entertainment news, here you go. John Hamm pursuing Batman role? John Hamm is actively pursuing the role of Batman, according to Radar Online. Hamm is purportedly jockeying to be the actor to replace his the town co-star Ben Affleck should he no longer continue in that role. John's gunning hard for the role, Radar's unnamed source said. Unnamed source, you know, that, that usually means this is BS, but we'll see. Ben and John enjoyed working together and have been on good terms ever since. I don't know why that means anything, but John knows Ben has faced some criticism over Batman v Superman and Justice League and frankly thinks he'd be better suited for the job. What I just heard, uh, uh, did you hear that with me? I just heard a friendship die. There you go. Ben reads this and it's true. Uh, he's going to send people after John Hamm. This is business for John. It's not personal. It's funny. John thought that Ben was teaching him. But in fact, John was teaching Ben. The source goes on to describe Ham as desperate for the Dark Knight gig, going so far as to be carefully courting the Batman director, Matt Reeves, for months. I don't want to know what that means in today's landscape uh, of troubles actively or carefully courting. He's sending them flowers, maybe taking them out on a couple dates. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I I saw people when they, you know, when they had the whole deal with Ben, uh, you know, he keeps going back and forth. Flip-flopper is what they usually call that about whether or not he's going to be the Batman, if, he can, if he's not, whatnot. But for most part, uh, the Matt Reeves deal has kind of been going with the idea that it'll be a different Batman. And, uh, I don't know. I, I I saw a lot of people saying, uh, you know, who they wanted. I did see John Hamm's name come up. Uh, I don't know. It's just it, people ask a lot of people. There'll be people on Twitter and like, oh, who do you want? I, I'm never good at that game. I really am not. Like, I'll name somebody like Carrot Top. Uh, would he be good? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Screech, possibly Slater. I I don't know. I, I have no idea. John Travolta is is he available? Is is he available? Uh, we were just watching Pulp Fiction this past weekend, and uh, I, I, John did a great job in that. Batman, big fat Batman with that big chin that looks like a butt. That'd be good. Batman has a strong chin, right? John Travolta. Uh, the next story is, and yeah, when people people go on, and then and when I when I'm reading these things, and I'm like, oh, they like, hey, who should play Dancing Mike? And they're like, well, nobody would be able to play Dancing Mike, but the dashing, I don't know, Eric Shea. And then I could sit there and go, yeah, I can see that. Never good at picking somebody. I'm never good at that. I am the worst. Though I usually can look at a person, a normal, everyday person, and kind of come up with who I think the celebrity that they look like. And I'm good at that. Just not good at picking roles and, and things like that. Here is the next uh, story. No singer, no chaos on X-Men Dark Phoenix set, says Lawrence. No singer. Mystique actress 
Jennifer Lawrence's contract to play the shape-shifting mutant ran out after 2016's X-Men Apocalypse. However, it was producer-writer Simon Kinberg who convinced her to sign on again for X-Men Dark Phoenix after Lawrence encouraged him to direct the film himself. According to Lawrence, she made the right decision and feels uh, actually, uh, quote, more connected to her character than ever before. Unquote. Because the set of X-Men Dark Phoenix was marketably different from her previous experience making X-Men films, which she described Entertainment Weekly as fun amidst the chaos. And she says this, I don't think it was that much fun. I think that she's really stressing the chaos part of a Brian Singer set. Uh, I don't know why. she She's pretty much kind of wink-winking, uh, you know, ripping it apart, but yet says it was still fun amidst, amidst the chaos. It was unrecognizable, Lawrence explained to the Dark Phoenix set. Here's some great things when you have a movie. It was unrecognizable because everything was on time. Everything was organized. Oh, really? A movie set that's on time and organized? Oh, my goodness gracious. Where, what, what tales you will tell? These movies have always been fun amidst the chaos, and now there were fun with no chaos. Told you, there's a lot of chaos in this house. I'm not going to call it fun. And when we get a week where there's no chaos, boy, I'm a happy camper. All right, Lawrence didn't spell out the X factor that drove previous movies into disarray, but E uh, Entertainment Weekly drew a line between Lawrence's comments and the alleged behavior of the franchise's previous director, Brian Singer. They, that took, like, what is that, one to two in a connect the dots? Uh, she's saying that there was chaos about, you know, things not being on time and not being organized and basically brian singer has just been fired on this recent movie because he was never on time never on the set and completely unorganized so yeah way to go entertainment weekly for drawing that line it's a straight line who has also been accused uh, brian singer has also been accused of sexual harassment and absences on the set of previous films i don't know if i'm supposed to say alleged there but then that's that's what it's in singer directed all the lawrence's previous x-men films except x-men first class which i loved i thought that that was a gem of a movie and and probably my favorite x-men movie take that somebody the hollywood reporter quoted an unnamed source in a 2014 report about sexual harassment and assault allegations against singer spelling out some of his onset behavior as follows Executives who have worked on his movie say the director was sometimes erratic, often complaining he was in pain, at times appearing heavily medicated, and sometimes failing to appear on the set. But it seems only on Singer's 2006 Warner Brothers film Superman Returns did these issues contribute to budget overages. Uh, yeah, I wonder if him and yeah, – I that film had Kevin Spacey. I don't even want to get into things about him and Kevin Spacey. But yeah, that, that film, I don't want to be anywhere near that production. Uh, it's funny because I've only ever seen Superman Returns once, and, and I believe I fell asleep halfway through and then woke up and then kind of finished it and never went back to it. There were widespread rumors that Singer's partying was part of the problem, but a friend who visited the set says that was not an issue. There are times that production was interrupted or delayed, says the person, but the problem was Singer, quote, battling his own demons with the respect to medication. Yeah, all right. Singer was recently fired from his Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, also by 20th Century Fox. Continuing in the set and, uh, you know, a studio in a bit of disarray, 
DC film staff shake up following Justice League performance. John Berg will exit his role as one of the two leaders of Warner Brothers DC Films division following the poor box office performance and critical reception of Justice League, according to Variety. Jeff Johns, the other head of DC Films, is expected to remain in his position of chief creative officer of DC Entertainment, though the trade also says his role in Warner Brothers Films wing may lessen to an advisory capacity. I'm telling you, as a very uh, selfish man, I just hope that this means he's going to be doing more comics. Uh, Just stick with what you are beloved for. Berg is said to be segueing into a role as producer for Warner Brothers, um, working alongside the Lego movie and it producer Roy Lee. This is something that John approached me about six months ago, and he expressed his goal was to ultimately be a producer at the studio. Uh, Says Warner Brothers picture group president Toby Emmerich in a statement that probably is a straight-up lie. I first met John when, as a producer, he brought Elf to New Line, which remains one of the best and most evergreen titles in the library. Uh, Eric has only seen Elf once, and he hates it. I loved it. I, I thought that it was a a modern take with a classic uh, taste to it, a, a classic take of a mind. I don't we're thrilled that John is partnering with Roy and anticipate their company being a valuable source of movies for Warner Brothers and New Line. Emmerich is said to be considering folding the DC Films venture back into the main Warner Brothers film wing and not with its own division. And this is, you know, and maybe that's for the best. I, I don't know. Uh, you have the whole deal, and I, I did talk to Eric about this as well. And one of the things that really drives him nuts about the Justice League movie, though he liked it. I have not seen it yet. Uh, I will eventually. Uh, but he said that what they did to the mother boxes is what drove him nuts. And this is not going to be any spoilers if you haven't seen it. But he said what happened and how they uh, did with the, what they did to the mother box stuff uh, dr- drives the continuity kid nuts. And it really upsets him that Jeff Johns had his hand in doing that. He really thought that Jeff Johns would have stepped forward and kind of made that a, a little better. Uh, but really, that's his biggest complaint. That and that he expected when the boom tubes hit that they would boom. That was pretty much that actually was his biggest complaint, that he expected these boom tubes to just, you know, rattle your teeth, and they didn't. But a new leader of DC Films is expected to be named shortly. Neither Johns nor Berg, who received producer credits on Justice League, are expected to receive similar credits on upcoming films such as Aquaman or Wonder Woman 2, though director Scott Snyder or Zack Snyder, who departed Justice League before Joss Whedon was brought in for reshoots, could serve as a producer on future films. Uh, further variety reports that Ben Affleck is expected to reprise his role as Batman in the upcoming Flashpoint film, though the Batman director Matt Reeves has said to be eyeing fresh talent, possibly John Hamm, to take the role in his film. And now that we, we I read that and whatever, I don't know if it's one of those things that you have the Flashpoint film. Obviously, this can reset everything. And I would I would guess that they would reset, you know, you have a Flashpoint Barry comes out of Flashpoint and he sees and everything, you know, you almost have like go with the whole New 52. Though I'm not saying any stories from the New 52. Don't kill me. I'm saying that all of a sudden they're different actors. They're, they're younger and whatnot. And then, you know, get some younger people to do the roles from then on. And that is the perfect way to kind of keep the things going with a fresh take with new actors. You know, something like say an Avengers, 
uh, over at Marvel, the movies may have a problem because people get so connected to these characters. Well, you know, Robert Downey Jr., he ain't no spring chicken anymore. Eventually, he's going to have to stop doing them, and maybe they get a reary, you know, thing or going with that or, you know, stuff like that. But still, uh, people want to see this Flashpoint idea of a film, to me, is the perfect deal where you can just end up okay well there was a flashpoint when barry comes out he's oh my god what happened everybody's younger you have new actor and actresses and stuff like that and now they have three or four films under the belt and by then uh jim werner is long dead and forgotten so what do i care i'll be gone by then i i all i wanted and back to you know throwing in sports here all i wanted was an eagle super bowl just once in my life i thought we had it this year oh carson Wentz going down Still killing me. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm depressed all week about it. Aquaman's first Jason Momoa still surfaces. Film very different than Justice League. The first official image of Jason Momoa from Aquaman has been published by Entertainment Weekly, and it shows a slightly different look for Arthur Curry. Gone is the armory ward in Justice League, replaced with more tattoos and an entirely shirtless and sexy costume. Sans costume, I would say. Additionally, Director James Wan offered some words explaining how the film will differ from Aquaman's previous on-screen appearances, they say, and not just in terms of his outfit. It's going to look very different. It will feel very different. Aesthetically, tonally, story-wise, it's my own take, Wan told Entertainment Weekly. It's a much more traditional action-adventure quest movie. I also think they're already starting the damage control to try to separate these movies from the Justice League. It really seems that way. Justice League was only a weekend in Arthur Curry's life. Was it a lost weekend? Added star Jason Momoa. This is totally different beast. In Aquaman, you see when his parents meet and what happened to them. Then the little boy being raised and finding his powers and going through that, never being accepted on either side, and then becoming this man who puts up all these walls. You just slowly see this man harden up and be completely reluctant, wanting to be king and not knowing what to do with these powers he has. I think James Wan just killed it. And I'll tell you, I am a sucker for origin stories. Well, if, if I go down all of my movies that I love, and I'm more comic book movies what I'm talking about, I'm a, like, most people like Dark Knight. I am a Batman Begins fan because I love origin stories. I love, I really did love the Wonder Woman movie, but my favorite is the beginning with the little, the little Diana. When she's on that cliff face and she's pretending that she's training, she's punching some air and stuff like that. I, I'll tell you, I actually teared up and it wasn't even emotional. I just, I love seeing that sort of things. That's why, because of that, I am a huge, huge Spider-Man fan because it seems like we get an origin story every three years. So I, I love it. But yeah, I am a huge origin fan in movies, like a comic book movie. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Aquaman. Now it says, as for the common perception of Aquaman as a Justice League also ran, or the butt of the joke, Juan says that's driving him harder. He also should say, well, you know, 2015 called, they want their Aquaman jokes back. Because all this is, if you are a, especially a DC fan, you know and have to get angry at this. You have to get annoyed with this take still. This is such a old and just stale take on Aquaman. It's Jason Momoa first off. I mean, look at the guy. There's no joke. The joke is he'll rip your head off and shit down your throat. He, he, there's no joke anymore, so that it does get. Aquaman has been the joke of the comic book world, 
But the more I thought about it, the more I thought how cool that would be, Juan said. Let's take the character everyone makes fun of and do something really interesting with him. And I'm telling you, that really throws me off with everything else James Wan's killing it. Oh, this is my take. I can't wait. We're going to do this. You throw in this Aquaman has been the joke of the comic book world. That has not been the case since 2011. The minute that Jeff John started his new 52 run in the comic book world, and there, he says, you know, calls it out, in the comic book world, it's not been that for six, seven years. Please stop that nonsense. It's not the case anymore. Aquaman DC Films, only 2018 releases, due out in theaters December 21st, 2018. So it will be coming at the end of 2018. So we have a year to go before that. Please, James Wan, if you're listening somehow, it's not possible. But if he was, just just stop with that nonsense. When they ask you about it, when somebody, because they're going to keep asking, oh my God, aren't you afraid that Aquaman's a joke? Step up and, and show that you know what's going on and say, Actually, Aquaman has not been a joke in the comic book world for quite some time now, but I'm glad to show the regular public, the general public, what the comic book world has known since 2011. Now you're going to sound smart. That is some smart deal. That even makes me sound – it's hard for me to sound smart. I just sound like a scholar. Captain Marvel Jr. cast – for Shazam. Jack Dylan Grazer has joined New Line Cinema Shazam as Freddie Freeman, aka Captain Marvel Jr., aka Elvis's favorite comic book character. I heard that this week, that Elvis was a huge fan of Captain Marvel Jr. That's weird. According to the Hollywood Reporter, if accurate, Grazer would join a cast which includes Zachary Levi as Captain Marvel and Asher Angel as Billy Batson. Uh, I've never, I didn't have the podcast when, uh, they announced that Zachary Levi, uh, was going to be Captain Marvel. Shazam. Uh, I just want to tell you that, uh, <laughs> I don't like Zachary Levi one damn bit and I just, I don't even like it to look at him. I, I don't know why. He gets under my skin. He seems to be up to something. He also seems to be very smug. Like every time I see him, he's giggling that he's famous and, and you're not. I, I don't know. I just I, – I, he never – he rubbed me the wrong way continuously. But I watched Chuck and it was okay. I just got sick of it because of him. I, I just don't like him. Grazer is best known for his role as Eddie Kasprick. In the horror remake, It, and I'm sure the cellar dweller would get on me if I if I said that wrong, and has also appeared in the television series Me, Myself, and I. His uncle is well-known movie producer Brian Grazer. Oh, that must help. Nepotism is a very, very powerful word. Director David S. Sandberg is expected to begin filming Shazam! I gotta, I gotta mention that every time it is with an exclamation point. So you gotta yell it. You cannot say like, and it's gonna cause a lot of problems when people, it might cause like couples to argue when they're like, what are we gonna go see? And shazam! And you yell it like, Jesus Christ, you know, calm down. I, I didn't, like, it makes it seem like the, the person already told them like 16 times. And they go, listen, back off. I, I didn't know that we we're gonna go see it. Jeez. And also, just while we're talking shazam, please. Don't go on Twitter and start your nonsense about that you wish that this was the Captain Marvel movie. It's not. It's never going to be. It's Shazam now. DC can't make it the Captain Marvel movie. And really, don't get on Twitter and start going with your nonsense of, you know what? Uh, 
Marvel really screwed Shazam because again, no, 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 DC screwed Captain Marvel into being Shazam by lawsuits way, way back. And then just don't go with it, please. Just you start looking foolish. And, and, you know, that's I don't know if you realize Twitter was made for everybody to get along and nobody to look foolish. That's what it was made for. That's what I hear. Uh, but yes, the filming, uh, will begin in February for a planned April 5th, 2019 theatrical release. Now, the next story, uh, continuing my entertainment news here is a story. And you see, I, I think that this is the problem when I do a podcast by myself. When I start off, I, I don't know if I'm shy or if I just, I start off and I'm pretty much right on just talking and reading, but I feel very off. I feel like I have, uh, started something that I'm really not supposed to do. By the time we get near the end, I've loosened up a bit. I, I don't know if you realize I've loosened up my tie uh, and I've poured a drink for myself and, and I'm loosening up. Uh, so there, I'm going to drink a little bit more of my drink, which, uh, if you need to know, it's actually just a coffee, and also I got to keep it quiet because I'm not supposed to be drinking coffee anymore as much as I do because of my blood pressure. So this coffee is actually a uh, it's a secret coffee uh, that I got on the way home and actually smuggled in my sleeve, much like the sleeve potato salad. I have a sleeve coffee. Uh, I think that I could probably smother, uh, smuggle just about anything in my sleeve, but I do need a drink here. Wait a minute. Woody Harrelson in talks for Venom. Woody Harrelson is in talks to join the cast of Sony's Venom, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The role Harrelson uh, is purportedly in talks for was not disclosed. Venom stars Tom Hardy in the title role and is said to be based on the comic book Venom Lethal Protector and the story Planet of the Symbiotes. If cast, Harrelson would be reuniting with director Ruben Fleischer, with whom Harrelson previously worked with on uh, Zombieland. And Venom is due on uh, theaters October 5th, so a little, you know, under a year from now. Um, I don't know if you're out there. I, again, I, there's, I always defer or default to Trevitt in anything, uh, Marvel, but I, I've never really heard him say too much about being fired up much for movies. Uh, so I don't know, but, I don't know that Venom is a movie that I'll ever have to see in the theater. And I don't know if I'm wrong there or if I'm, you know, going out on a limb or if I'm, you know, a guy on a island by himself. But it really, really screams to me like something I would wait to come out on video, possibly the stick, uh, something like that. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to have to rush. There are few and far between movies that I have to go to the theater, one being this week, Star Wars, which I do think that in my mind I have to see everyone in the theater. Now, one of the stories that we've told on our other podcast, our DC Comics podcast a lot, is the fact that when Return of the Jedi came to Quakertown, uh, that never existed because it never did. So I didn't get to see Return of the Jedi until years later when I went to England and actually saw it as a triple feature. Uh, but uh, other than that, and, and that counts. I did see it in the theater. I've seen every Star Wars movie, including Rogue One, in the theater. So I don't plan on making that. Uh, stop that trend stop now uh, I'm looking forward to Star Wars I can't say I'm avoiding spoilers but I think that to me for once and this is just again maybe I'm on an island again but for me it seems like most people uh, with The Last Jedi are going with more of a uh, 
let's not spoil it. Let's everybody enjoy it. I've not seen any of those like, you know, surprise spoilers that you open a door and there's the spoiler where a lot of people are doing that. I, th- I forget which movie it was. It wouldn't be a Star Wars movie for Brandon because Brandon hates Star Wars. And yes, uh, you can rip him apart constantly for that because he does not like Star Wars movies and hates Star Wars movie fans even more, which means that he hates my guts because it's my favorite movie series. And New Hope is my number one movie of all time. And the number two movie is Light Years. Get that? Uh, from that. And uh, New Hope to me is number one with a bullet. And uh, so Brandon, something though, some movie I think that Brandon was going to see. And then again, I'm saying this, it may not even be Brandon, but if somehow it seems that something was coming out. And he ended up like going to a clicked or it might have been even a comic or something, but there was like a link and he clicked on it. It said no spoilers and it had tons. I have to ask him which one it was, but yeah. Uh, but again, back to the Venom movie. I, I don't think I'll see that in the theater. Unless, again, though, I, I think that I even said that about Deadpool, actually, and it got such good reviews, and then my wife threw shame at me about taking the kids uh, in the reverse way of saying, like, I said they couldn't go. She said they should go, so I took my 11-year-old to go see Deadpool. Roy Harper will return to Arrow. Colton Haynes will return to Arrow in the role of Roy Harper for an arc in the currently on mid-season break season six. We're thrilled to announce that Colton Hayes will be reprising his role as Roy Harper for a short arc on Arrow this year, said executive producers Mark Guggenheim and Wendy Marikill in a statement via Deadline. Roy is called back to Star City to help resolve an urgent matter with high stakes for the team. His short visit turns into something surprising when he reunites with Thea and sparks a change in both of their lives that will have long-lasting consequences. Hey, that sounds like a kid. Hayes and Harper departed the show at the end of the third season. Uh, he last appeared in the season four episode, Unchained. And that's it. That's the podcast. That is it. Just as I'm getting my groove back, just like Stella, I uh, have to end this only because I'm out of news. I would have went on forever. I I could keep going and going and going. But yes, that that is the end of the podcast. Again, the next episode, which I believe will be episode six, will be on Saturday uh, the 23rd, the weekend before Christmas. A little Christmas present for you. Uh, Ryan from the Columbus Comics Corner will be joining me as my co-host uh, from then on. And I'm I'm hoping – or not hoping. I'm looking forward to hear what he says about these news. Maybe he can calm me down a bit, but probably he'll just fire me up. And who knows? We're going to see. But, yeah, I can't wait to do it with Ryan. Uh, it'll be pretty cool. Uh, and, again, also that this is the last episode that will be on the regular feed. So if you do like to hear what's going on and interested to see how I will do with a new co-host, you can go over to our Patreon account. I'll just say it one last time. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. Subscribe at whatever level you would like to do, and you'll be able to listen to that podcast and many many more but i'm gonna end it and i have been struggling to end but i think that i again i'm gonna turn the wrong turn to end this podcast for me have a great week keeping it weird to you at seven oh!